We're holding a bit down in, in the page. The line starts who the Ovad. Thirteen lines from the top. Boy Yosef. We have discussed different in Yonim in, in the Kedusha of Tfilin regarding a Besakise, regarding a bed. So we're gonna discuss other ideas regarding a bed regarding Kriyashma. And then we're going to discuss in, in general the Tzniyas by Kriyashma. The fact that it has to be a clear space, a, a pure place, when saying Kriyashma. Which that applies to anything, anything you learn, any davening, these rules will apply. Fine. Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Nechuni, asked Rav Yehuda. People didn't have all the luxuries we have today. In the past, it was like a one one house, one room house with a, a table that turned into a bed or whatever it was. And they didn't always afford more than one bed per family. And they didn't have pajamas. So they would cover themselves with a sheet and they would be in a, in a bed. Or let's say people had to sleep over somewhere else. It also could have happened. So if the two people are sleeping in one bed, and below the sheet, there's no cover, there's no separation between the two of them. Can they just turn their faces? One turns his face one way, so he's not facing the other person. And therefore, he's not facing any exposed parts. And then say Shema. And the other one should face the other way and say Shema. Is that good enough? The fact that they're not facing each other. This morning, they have to say Shema right away. And no time to get up and get dressed. Could they just turn to the side, to the opposite side, and say Shema? Not just if two men are together. And then, according to Shmuel, comes out that there's no problem of, of unwanted thoughts. Then it's definitely allowed. Just so you're not, In fact, you're not facing the other, that's good enough. But even if he's with his wife in the same bed, and therefore... There could be thoughts which are not appropriate for Shema. Nevertheless, the fact that he turns to the opposite side is good enough. That makes that uh, he shouldn't be thinking about the wrong things. That's what Shmuel said. Mask of Lord of Yosef. Rav Yosef was very unhappy with that answer. And he said, You're telling me that another male does not cause any negative thoughts. But his wife does. I think the other way around. Adarabah, the contrary. His wife is like his body. In other words, since he's so used to having close contact, therefore the fact that it's exposed does not automatically cause so much thought. And therefore he can control himself more. He can turn around and, and guard his thought and I'll be fine. But another person, he's not so comfortable with it. It is more of a new, of a new thing. And therefore it could cause more thoughts. And therefore, actually, Rav Yisuf holds that if it's only his wife, then it's fine. You just turn to the other side and say Shema. However, if it's any other male or his family or whatever it is, then it's not good enough. He must make some sort of a separation. He can't just rely on the fact that he's turning to the other side and saying Shema. That's what Rav Yisuf holds. And as we see, that's talking the halacha, like Rav Yisuf. We have... 
a b'raisa which seemingly supports Rav Yosef. There are two b'raisas which seemingly contradict each other. One b'raisa says, two people sleeping in one bed. Doesn't say which type of people. One turns to one side and he reads. And one turns his face to the other side and he reads Shema. So we see that it is good enough just to turn to the other side. It says, When sleeping in his bed, and his children and his household are next to him. Now, the way the Gemara understood now, household does not include his wife. So what does it mean his children and his household? Does it mean his brothers? Does it mean his, uh, his the grandchildren? I'm not sure. But it's in one bed and his children and his household but see they are next to him. And you cannot say Kriyashma. Unless they have a clothing separating between the two. However, if they're minors, as we'll see soon what, what age that is, then it's fine. So we have a contradiction between two prices. The first price says two people together under a cover, just turn to the other side and it's fine. The second price says, no, you must have a clothing separating between you. So according to Rav Yisif, it can answer the question. The first price, although it doesn't say who it is, but it says stamp two people sleeping in a bed. It's like assuming that it's the most natural situation, which is a man and his wife sleeping in a bed. And the, that's when you could just turn to the other side. However, in the second rice, which says that his children and his household were in his bed, it's not including his wife. It's talking about his children or anybody but his wife. And then he must have a clothing separating. So according to Rabbi Yisif, I could solve the contradiction. And in the Shmuel Kashi, but according to Shmuel, I have a problem. Because Shmuel says that anybody, whoever's sleeping in your bed, you could turn to the other side. So how come in the second Braise it says that you have to have a separation? Is this okay according to Rabbi Yisif? We learned in if he was sleeping in a bed, and his children and his household are in his bed. He should not read Shema. Unless there is a clothing separating between them. It seems quite similar to the Raisa we quoted before. And according to Rashi now, the Gemara is saying, no, you told me household does not include wife. That's not true. Household does include wife. As we see other places, that when we say Bnei Beisei, he could include his wife. So, so uh, how could he? So, so I, he didn't solve the problem according to Rav Yosef. According to Rav Yosef, when is it okay when it's his wife? But the Brayse where it says that he shouldn't, he must separate, says wife. According to Tosus, he brought a third Brayse where they are clearly said the Ishto and his wife is with him. With him. So we clearly see a Brayse which says that by a wife, it's also a problem. Um, what is Rav Yisuf going to answer on the contradiction between the two prices? He must say that it's a machlikis tanoim. Now that's much more according to Tosus. It can't be that it's the same price because then what's the machlikis tanoim? Where else do you see that it is okay? 
And where else did you see? I'm sorry, no, no. The first verse says his wife, fine. Fine, but at least by your wife, there's a machloikis, there's a clear machloikis. So since Rabbi Yasef anyways has to say that there's a machloikis, whether one could say Shema while his wife is in his bed without a separation, just turning to the other side. The first Braise says it's always okay. The second Braise says it's never okay. Fine. So, and I hold like the first Braise and it's not a problem. Fine. Okay. Continues the Gemara. Omar Ma, we, um, we learned earlier in the Braise. You turn to the other side and you could say Kriyashma. Now they didn't have queen size beds. They had, you know, very, very limited amount of beds. The reason why they were sleeping together because they didn't have a choice. And therefore, besides the issue of being together in the same bed, there was more of an issue. There, were, there was actually, they, they were so close to each other that it was touching. And therefore, the question is, although they're not facing each other, but if there are parts which are touching each other, then the khayra, that, that itself could be a problem in saying Shema. And maybe let's prove from the price that it's not. They face the other direction, they could say Shema. But the bottom part is touching each other. This is a proof to Ravuna. The bottom part is not, is not an erva, only the front part. The problem is not that it's disgusting. The problem is that it, is, it awakens uh, ne negative thoughts, not negative, unwanted thoughts in, the, in, in, this, in this particular time, uh, thoughts that are not appropriate. And that is not caused by the bottom part, but only by the front part. And therefore, the fact that the, bot the bottom part, the back part is, is touching each other, or if someone would be seeing it, technically that would not be an issue for Shema. Maybe I have another b'risa supporting Ravuna's view that the bottom part is not, is not an issue for a bracha or for a shema. It says like this. So, it says that you're not, you're not allowed to do things which need a bracha. You're not allowed to do when you're undressed because you can't say a bracha. A man has to always have a separation between his heart and his erva. Because otherwise it, awak it awakens negative thoughts and therefore uh, he cannot make a bracha. By a woman, the main issue is, uh, a man is not allowed to see as we'll see soon any part of a woman, but, but a woman to herself, the, the rest of her body is not a problem for a bracha because it doesn't cause anything negative to her. The only thing that has to be covered, covered as a part is the erva. So, a woman has a way to, to take chala, even if she's not dressed, and say a bracha. She can cover her bottom face, quote-unquote. She can cover it while it's touching the ground, and then it's totally unexposed, and therefore she can make a bracha. But a man not, because a man cannot do it in a way that his erva is totally not exposed, and therefore he can never make, he can never make a bracha in such a form. Now, the question is, although she's covering her erva, but the khayr of the bottom back part is still uncovered. How come she can make a bracha? So the khayr that proved what Abuna said that that part is not considered an erva. We have already a proof from our, from our b'raisi. But maybe we'll bring another proof. Think about Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. No, Rav Nachman said that's not a proof from there. It might be a very soft uh, ground. And she's sitting in a way that, it's, that she, she, she's totally covered. That the back part is also covered, 
And that's when she can think challah when she's not when she's not dressed and make a bracha. However, a man there's no way to do that. But it's not proving that even if the back part is exposed, that it's not a problem. However, our brisa is proving that our brisa, which says that if they just turn turn back to back, that's fine. And we're not worried about the fact that, that, that those parts will touch. That does show that that, that that does show that that's not called a nerve. Fine. If the household was young, mutter, then you're allowed to say Shema without turning around or without any or without any separation, at least. It's not a problem. How old can they be that it's not a problem? doesn't cause any thoughts. A girl up to three, three and a day means three. When you're three years old, basically it's a day, one day into the fourth year. So a, a, a girl from the age of three, and a boy from the age of nine, that's when they're eligible, they're capable for any bia, And that's when there's a yichud. That's when you have all the issues that it's possible that there should be a union of erva. And therefore, then already you have to have a separation, etc., because it could cause thoughts. But younger than that is not a problem. Some say no. A girl from the age of 11. And a boy from the age of 12. Both of them, the idea is not when they're capable of being. Rather, when already their, their, their parts are already more grown, the hair and whatever else can cause a desire is already more developed. And then it's not just capability, but also could awaken a desire. Younger than that, it will not awaken any desire, and therefore there's no issue that you can you don't have to have a separation because uh, uh, nothing's gonna happen, no thoughts will come to your mind during Shema. Fine. Okay, so we have a machoikis between Rav Yosef and Shmuel. Now the brises were simpler according to Rav Yosef. Shmuel had an answer, but they were simpler according to Rav Yosef. So the question is, who do we follow? And last b'raisa, the story of the putting the tefillin under your pillow. Oh, my Rav, Rav said, I forgot that you to the Shmuel, although there was a b'raisa disproving Shmuel. The halacha is like Shmuel. What about over here? Do we say the same thing? That although the b'raisa seems more supportive to Rabbi Yasef, we still will follow Shmuel. Amalasi answered him back at two kula bhadamahtinu. Did you weave them all in one weaving? Just because in one place we said we follow Shmuel against the Braisa, we'll always follow him against the Braisa. Wherever it said, it's a khidish, wherever it said, it said, and we follow Shmuel even against the Braisa. If it doesn't say clearly, we don't follow. And therefore, over here we'll pass like it of Yasif, which the Braisa supports him more that one's wife. When he's when he's in the same bed as his wife, he could turn to the other side. When he's with anyone else, he cannot. He has to have a separation. Fine. Amalei asked another question. Say our gates of a big day. What if the bottom here is sticking out? The air is covered, but the here is sticking a bit out. Mao, is that a big issue regarding Shema? Amalei, he said he said about him. Say or say it. It's only here. What are you getting so excited about? It's only here, it's not a problem. Nothing to worry about. Fine. Now that we're talking about 
things that you have to avoid during Shema in order not to have impure thoughts. So we're discussing it a bit more. Any usually covered part in a woman, if a tefach is exposed, that's an erva. So what do you mean it's an erva? They're not allowed to look at it intensively. So Rav Sheshit said like this. It says that after they, they won the Mulchama on Midian, they brought all the jewelry that Midian had. And it says they, all different types of interesting jewelry they had. They had bracelets, they had nose rings and earrings. And they had things that really fit for Midian. They had the, the, the decoration um, by uh, by Mokim. Something, something pointing out the, the most private place. And the Pasuk says that they brought it all to Hashem as a kapara. Since when they went, they went to war, it's possible that they had impure thoughts. No one, no one did anything wrong. That was the Nifka, the Menoish, everyone was safe, no one did anything wrong. But they were afraid that they might have had impure thoughts. And therefore they brought a kapara. Now if they bring a kapara, bring only those that are, that are, that are very private. Why are you bringing also the bracelets and the, and the, and the rings? So, why did the Pasuk mention over there jewelry like rings that are exposed jewelry with jewelry like, like kumos, which is, which is in a private place, which is the most private uh, type of jewelry? comes to tell you, if one focuses even on a small finger on a pinky of a woman, of a married woman, or of a nido, of anyone who is. Um, who, not his own wife, if, 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 if he's uh, focusing on someone who is, who is an erva with him, and he intentively focuses even on their pinky, which seems, you know, very innocent. If it's the same thing as if he's looking and gazing on the most private place, if he's awakening a desire, it's all the same. The problem is that he's awakening a desire. So why are you telling me if it's a tefach? What's a tefach? Anything, anything you see and you gaze on is a problem. He's trying to tell you that even someone who's not an issue of the thoughts, uh, in the case that it could lead to something something uh, okay or positive, but doing Kriya Shema, you're not allowed to have it. And if she's in front of him, uh, and, and a tefach of her covered places are uncovered, you cannot say Kriya Shema, even if it's his own wife. Now, although it says it's talking about his wife, it's saying about it's trying, it's trying to say two things. The, 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 the police can say, but kriya shema, it's not enough that you're not gazing; it shouldn't be even in front of you, because you might gaze and it might cause negative thoughts. Now, a woman who's dressed sneezedly, it's not really an issue that she's in front of you during saying kriya shema, because although you're not allowed to gaze intentively on anything, but if you're not gazing. We're not afraid that you'll gaze. However, um, the covered places naturally awaken a, a drive. And therefore, even if it's just right in front of you, it's a problem. And that's why we say that tefach bisha erva, an exposed tefach of any woman in front of you is a problem for Shema because it awakens a drive, it awakens a desire. And it's not just a woman who's an erva, even if it's your wife and she's tired. But still, by Kriya Shema, it awakens those thoughts which are not meant to be. Kriya Shema or Torah or anything else which is holy is not allowed to have those thoughts. 
Rav Chista said that shaykh of a woman is also an erva. Shaykh is the most post can translate it as the lower leg between the, 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 the knee and the ankle. Some translate it as the thigh. And Al-Tarev actually is pretty clear over there that it is talking about the lower leg, although the Olam today is very much same the Mishnah Brura, which he translates it on the thigh. Now, what does it mean also over here? In, uh, any covered place is considered an Erev. What's this idea of the Sheikh? So some say it's much more enticing and therefore even less than a Tepech is a problem. Some say that um, some say that even if it's not, if, if it's typically uncovered, it's still considered an error. Um, fine. So that's that's the discussion. What's the, the emphasis about a shuk? What's about what emphasis about a shuk? But uh, or, or something like this that although typically by men it isn't covered, and therefore you might think. That by women it's also not a problem. No, by a woman it is a problem. That's the chiddush. That although it's exclusive for a woman, that it, that, that it's considered a, a covered place, it's still an issue. That's the one of the sources that ever brings those two. The fact that it's uh, by a man it's not covered because in those days they they would uh, typically their, their their trousers weren't that long and then they had the socks going all the way up to the knee. And uh, by so by a man they weren't in some places they wouldn't always go with socks and therefore they would have it exposed. However, by a woman, it's considered, it's considered a covered place, and therefore it's, it's a considered the nerve. Shenem, as it says, Gali Shaykh Ibn Hadis is a Nevoah saying about all the and, and different negative things that will happen. Let me uh, check it up who he's talking, if he's talking to the Yidin or he's talking to other nations. He might be talking to the Yidin and then like telling them the punishment. And he's basically saying how they'll be exposed in an embarrassing way. She so says different things they have to uncover. They're here. And, and they'll also have to uncover their shaykh. Let's say they have to uncover their leg and cross rivers. Which that means if it's something, if it's something uh, embarrassing, and, and uh, the person continues that because of that, that basically means you, your, your ever will be exposed. Gali shaykh even though it is right after it was excessed, that your error will be exposed and your heaven will be exposed, your embarrassment will be exposed. So basically it means that the leg is considered an erva that's embarrassing her. Amar Shmuel, kol isha erva. The voice, voice and singing of a woman is also considered uh, erva, that if you hear a woman's voice while you're davening, it's a problem. Uh, so there, the 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 the, the basically more make that it's only if you're listening in. If it's if you just try to ignore it, there's more more room to be makele. How do we see this? In Shira Shirim, he describes the man describing the woman. And your voice is so sweet. Your 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 you look so beautiful. So basically, it's telling her it's it's comparing the two that it's something enticing, something that, that awakens a drive. And therefore, it's not allowed when he's saying to be traitor, it's not allowed another any other time to intentively listen to awaken that type. Here, a married woman is also called an erva, is also something which entices, and therefore also something that has to be covered. And you cannot, you cannot dive in before it because it awakens a drive. You're here is like a, like a flock of, of, of goats. 
again, he's describing her here as something beautiful and enticing, which basically shows that it's something that, that, that causes a drive, and therefore it cannot dive in before something like that, which is exposed. So this is talking about by Shman, that you're not allowed to dive in, in front of it, and even if it's his wife, that there wouldn't be so much the issue of, 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 the, of having it exposed in other times, but during davening, it should not be exposed. And from this, we also learn regarding the behavior of a woman, that since these are things which naturally are enticing, then a woman should not be enticing men, I mean, for her own benefit as well, but uh, also mitzad, um, uh, guarding other people, then she has, to, she has to guard that, and therefore, she has to be careful that all these places should be covered and um, she these should be covered. Fine. Okay, that's that. One more piece. Going back to Tfilin. I saw a how could you say that? His life should hang. You know, the, the Tfilin give him life, and if he's in is like disrespecting the source of life, then it, 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 that, that should be the effect on his life. Those who, who learn now the hidden things in Torah, and Amru said, this passage which says um, that, your, that your, life, your life should be hanging in front of you, one of the clawless, that that applies to someone who hangs his tefillin. So how could Rabbi hang his tefillin? Says the Gemara only kashi. You're not allowed to hang it on its strap. That's not respectful. But he was hanging it. He put the 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 actual tefillin on the top, and the ritzuos were hanging down. That's not disrespectful. If you want, he could say both are not both are not allowed. Also. He told the Rebbe, what did the Rebbe hang? He hung the bank, the Tulin bank. That's fine, you're allowed to hang it. So, well, of course, what's the Chidash? It's not disrespectful to hang the bank. And says, the Gemara, we might think it's similar to Sefer Torah. Sefer is not allowed to hang in a bank. It must be resting on something. So maybe Tulin also. No, Tulin is not like a Sefer Torah. It doesn't have to rest on something. It could be hanging as long as it's hanging in the bank. So, he spoke about Kriya Shema. If someone's in the same bed and the, uh, the other people are there and they're not, they're not covered, is it enough to turn his face around or does he have to also put a clothing in between? So Shmuel says it's never a problem and Avesu says only by his wife it's fine and anyone else is a problem and most and the priest can pass him like Rav Yosef. Um, what, uh, what age is, uh, is the issue when it's exposed, so uh, by, by one's own family. So there was two opinions, whether it was three and nine, three for a female, nine for a male, or if it's 11 and 12, 11 for a female and 12 for a male, because it's not just enough that they're eligible, that they're capable, rather there has to be something which is, is enticing, which that's later on. Um, then we spoke about by davening and by creation of anything like that, then you should not have, then a tefach of a, isha is a, of a woman is a problem. We're not talking about Aisha Sishan to look, because you're not allowed to gaze on any part of Aisha Sishan with the intent of enjoying her beauty or any ever. Because the, the, the Torah puts together 
rings and the lowest things, the lowest types of jewelry, because it all, it all, if it causes a person to have to have impure thoughts, it's all the same thing. But the Kriyashma, he cannot have in front of him, even if he's not gazing, he's not allowed to have an exposed tefach, even if it's his wife. And that includes the shoik, which is either the thigh or the leg. Um, and that includes a uh, married woman's here also. And then we spoke about tefillin, that you cannot hang tefillin, but you're allowed to hang the bank. You're allowed to hang the bank. Okay. Uh.